Live from WNUR News, I'm Jessica Watts. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM slash HD1 Evanston, Chicago. It's April 17th, 2023. Tonight on WNUR News, Freedom Jazz Benefit Concert, Why People Love the Super Mario Bros. Movie, Hammocking at Northwestern, The B-List, Coachella Begins, SZA Announces Tour, NBA Playoffs Begin, and more. Those stories coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. This past Saturday, the Northwestern Prison Education Program co-sponsored the Freedom, Je- the Fr- Freedom First Jazz Benefit Concert Series for Keith Lamar. Amelia Donhauser has the story. The Freedom First Jazz Benefit Concert was hosted at the Mary B. Galvin Recital Hall this past Saturday. Northwestern's Prison Education Program, or NPEP, and UPEP, the undergraduate branch, co-sponsored the event. Freedom First began in 2020 as a concert series in New York City to help raise awareness about Keith Lamar, while also giving him a creative outlet. Lamar calls over the phone from prison to perform spoken word poetry alongside the band. Lamar has been incarcerated for 34 years and has spent over 28 of them in solitary confinement on death row at the Ohio State Penitentiary. He is scheduled to be executed on November 16th, 2023. Throughout his time in solitary confinement, he has maintained his innocence. Jennifer Lackey, the founder of NPEP, who co-sponsored the event, first brought it to NU in 2020. We had a Zoom meeting. Um, where um, Keith told his story and answered questions, and uh, it was an incredible event. I mean, like I said, I think we had over, I think we had 350 people registered. Lackey wanted the event to be bigger than it had in years before, and to share Lamar's story with a diverse audience. But we knew that this year we wanted to host it in a larger venue, especially because this is the year of Keith's scheduled execution. Lackey, who is also a professor of law by courtesy, believes in Lamar's innocence. She believes NPEP and their co-sponsors have a responsibility to share his story. Shedding a light on people like Keith, who um, is, I believe, fully in his innocence. There is no physical evidence whatsoever connecting him to the uh, murders that he's con- you know, convicted of. And um, I think that as you know, a community with the Northwestern Prison Education Program, we want to promote events of this sort by virtue of having those co-sponsors um, bring together a large group of sometimes diverse people who, um, who can learn more about um, you know, all of the dimensions that go into a wrongful conviction like Keith's. I mean, I think that there were a lot of difficult conversations that were had with the material tonight. Amy Gordayev, the campaign manager for Justice for Keith Lamar, hopes people who hold different beliefs about the criminal justice system left the performance having learned something. On opposite ends of the spectrums, there could be total doubters and there could be total believers, so we might be preaching to the choir. I hope those folks that already are on board with, you know, um, just prison abolition and, you know, who understand how racist and uh, oppressive the criminal justice system is. I hope that they specifically focus in their attention on learning Keith's story, because he might be a new example for them to learn. I hope the people who are skeptical and just really trust with blind faith the criminal justice system, I hope that this gave them 
pause maybe to reconsider that there might be situations where they get it wrong. Um, and for those who only have the mentality that criminal people with a criminal record are like animals or not human, I hope that this just totally shattered that, that false notion. Both Gordaev and Albert Marquez, who leads the jazz musicians in the band, want the audience to see Lamar's humanity. Because there's no way you can't can listen to this and not get the idea, the clear understanding that um, he's so much a human being. He's so deep into his humanity and he's asking all of us to get deeper into ours. No matter your ideology, no matter how you feel about any of this topic, you pay attention. Because uh, even if you have been taught that prisoners are criminals or monsters or animals, you cannot come to this concert and then go home and think, oh yeah, we should kill him. Through this, he has been humanized. And we can only execute people if they're not people, if they're just criminals. Lackey believes the music makes the concert powerful and personal for the audience. Keith always says that jazz saved his life. And so um, I think that bringing together a group of artists, having the spoken word poetry and having the jazz musicians and having the storytellers and bringing all of these artists together to communicate um, what injustice can look like. Marquez also believes the music makes it easier for Lamar to reach his audience. To see him there on a screen talking to you and creating art, creating beauty, it becomes personal. So you don't have a choice. You have to listen to him. And I think that without the music, maybe it would be harder to reach to you. But the moment it becomes art, it becomes an art form, it's just something else. And Sophia Chang, a sophomore at NU and co-chair of the UPEP events committee, says Lamar's story is not unique. The unfortunate thing is that Keith's story isn't singular and that this is something that is emblematic of a much larger issue within this country, um, as referenced also throughout the piece and that there are many people like Keith who deserve just as much recognition, um, who have, you know, are still on death row and have been on death row in the past and been unfairly incarcerated, um, and their lives have been unfairly taken by the state. Lackey hopes the students come away with a greater understanding of justice in the United States. Learn about Keith and his case. I hope that they learn about empath. I hope that they think about incarceration in this country. I hope they think about wrongful convictions. I hope they think about justice. I hope they think about love. I hope they think about community, um, and I hope they think about what they can do to make the world a better place. Chang also believes the event shows the best of humanity. But I think that this is also an event that is really emblematic of hope and some of the best aspects of humanity, that people can come together and make an event like this, and that music is one of those aspects where you can see the very best of humanity, the creativity, the love, as referenced, like love is the thing that will set us free. Although no one knows what the next seven months entail, a new legal team has just been assembled. Above all, they say they will keep fighting for Lamar. I don't know all the, all the ins and outs of exactly what the next seven months look like, but the one thing that we're really trying to do is compel the courts to give Keith a new trial. We're working on this front on, on getting a legal team assembled to, um, you know, we're looking for new evidence um, and we're looking to, I mean, to save his life. That's what the next seven months is going on. Because all of this is to create awareness and raise money for the lawyers, but they are the ones who, I can, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, they have to do that. Through it all, Gordeyev says Lamar has never asked for anything and has never lost his humor. So generous. He's so generous. He gives in a way that makes people feel seen and, and heard and cared for. And he's a total joker. Um, 
and in a way that like breaks down the eye. Like, because sometimes when you're visiting them, you're in a supermax prison, but the humor breaks all those walls down. For WNUR News, I'm Amelia Donhauser. Moving on to arts and entertainment. The Super Mario Bros. movie has hit theaters, and it is a smashing success. Grossing almost $400 million in the film's opening weekend, Mario and his band of plumbers, mushrooms, and princesses have crushed all sorts of records. John Ferrara has the story. It's a me, Mario, and Luigi, Bowser, Peach, and Toad. The popular digital characters from the hit video game Super Mario Bros. are hitting the big screen in a big way. The movie, distributed by Universal Pictures, boasted a big-time budget, $100 million to be exact. With a cast of voices featuring Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Jack Black, Seth Rogen, and more, the bill actually seems pretty reasonable. Released on April 5th, the Super Mario movie had high expectations. Based on a video game that's been played by millions since its release in 1985, the film entered production with the pressure of generations worth of childhood memories on its shoulders. Mario creator Shigeru Miyamoto was as well aware of the challenges facing the Super Mario movie as anybody. In an interview with Variety, Miyamoto had this to say about crafting a movie that would have mass appeal while staying true to the game's original users. Quote, Nintendo's focus was to make sure every moment, every action and animation felt right to the smallest detail, end quote. In the same interview with Variety, Chris Melandandri, the CEO of Illumination Studios, which produced the movie, added this. What an audience wouldn't be getting from the film, which was that experience that they've had playing the game, and that the richness and the importance of their own experience playing needed to be replaced by other levels and layers of the movie experience. Suffice to say, the film's creators succeeded in achieving their ambitions. In its opening weekend, the Super Mario Bros. movie raked in almost $400 million, good for the highest-grossing animated film ever in a debut window. As of yesterday, the film had surpassed $678 million worldwide at the theater, making it the highest-grossing film of 2023 so far. And yeah, it's only been out for two weeks. The reason for the Mario movie's popularity is clear. Aside from its already established gaming fan base, the animated movie genre as a whole has been an increasingly lucrative one. Nine animated films, eight of which have been released in the last ten years, have earned more than a billion dollars at the box office worldwide. Even among Northwestern students, the widespread affinity for animation is unrelenting. I love animated kids' movies because they're nostalgic and remind me of movie nights with my sister. When I watch movies sometimes, I dislike a character because I dislike who the actor or actress is in real life. But in a kid's movie, I usually don't realize who they are in real life, so I'm a fan. I love animated kids' movies, specifically Disney princess movies, because of the soundtracks, and I like to sing along. So to recap, it seems like animated movies are so loved because 1. They trigger nostalgia for leisurely childhood moments. 2. 
they offer a reprieve from the drama that accompanies live-action films, and three, they feature catchy soundtracks. Unsurprisingly, the Super Mario movie checks all three of those boxes. It's a lighthearted throwback to a classic kid's game, its cast, which might normally be subject to controversy given the hate Chris Pratt often receives, is hidden behind beloved animated characters, and it pours on some of the most famous beats of all time. If you're at all interested in seeing Mario and co. square off against Bowser and his evil minions on the big screen, I'd act fast. Reviews are overwhelmingly positive, validating all the money people are dropping on tickets for the movie. It's truly a smash hit. For WNUR News, I'm John Ferrara. As the weather gets warmer, Northwestern students are looking for more activities to do outside. Hammocking is just one of the spring activities discussed in this story. Spring quarter at Northwestern has started out strong this year, with real field temperatures at up to 80 degrees this past week. After a cold winter, students were quick to take advantage of these sunny days. Some took to Deering Meadow to play frisbee and spike ball, while others chose to relax near the lake in their hammocks. Second year communications and Beanin student, Maya Vandergriff, says, This is like my paradise, personally. I, I love a hammock. As the weather gets warmer, Students may be interested in buying a hammock, but when it comes to finding a sustainable yet inexpensive one, where is the best place to buy? For third-year biomedical engineering student Sham Chandra, Amazon was his go-to option. I just got it from Amazon. It's like a, a double-sized general hammock. I, I think I got it for $20. It was pretty cheap. Not only was it inexpensive, but it arrived quickly. I got it last year when the weather was really nice. I wanted something I could use the next day. So I just did Amazon for like prime shipping. And then um, I think the value was there. So definitely wanted to get it. I had good reviews. For some, however, Amazon may not be the best option. Maya Vandergriff bought her hammock from Gearhead. It was the cheapest one at Gearhead after my $14 Amazon one got stolen. Gearhead Outfitters has a location right here in Evanston and sells their outdoor hammocks anywhere between $69.95 to $299.95, while Amazon ranges from $299 well into the thousands. A common brand on campus, however, is the Eno Hammock. Manufacturing and design engineering student and hammock lover Alu McLean says, I have an Eno Hammock. Um, and I was given it as a graduation present. Although McLean received his hammock as a gift, Eno Double Nest Hammocks sell for $24.95 on their website. The company says the product is set to remain in good condition for about two years after its original purchase date. Regardless of where you buy, it's important to get the most out of your hammock by finding the perfect time of day to lounge by the lake. Any time that the weather is nice and it's not too windy. 
Chandra says the afternoon or late afternoon is the best time to hammock. And when it comes to hammocking, Chandra prefers it to be a group activity. I actually like to socially hammock. I know today is not a good example of that, but I like to do it when I have like other friends around me and like reading or playing games or maybe I can get some work done. For those considering hammocking as your spring activity, these are some great options. But for those who like to get out and get moving, there are so many other spring activities to get you outside this quarter. McLean had quite a few suggestions. Yeah, I mean, I like to play soccer and get out on whatever is warm. And uh, if the water's warm, go swimming, uh, play some volleyball, be outside. Chandra also added, Maybe like toss around the frisbee, or I've been really getting into spike ball. No matter which outdoor activity you choose, it is important to make some time to go outside and enjoy the sun while you can. For WNUR News, I'm Mariah Petway. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.24 p.m. Central Time. The B-List. Coachella begins. Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes spotted kissing. SZA announced his second leg of tour. Marvel drops the Marvel's trailer. NBA playoffs begin. Welcome to The B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, Coachella begins. Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes spotted kissing. SZA announces second leg of tour. Marvel drops the Marvel's trailer. NBA playoffs begin. Coachella 2023 began this weekend in Indio, California, featuring headliners Bad Bunny, Blackpink, and Frank Ocean, who was making his return to the stage after six years. The festival is also featuring artists like Becky G, Blondie, and Metro Boomin. Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes were spotted kissing at Coachella this past weekend. The pair originally started dating in July of 2019, but broke up in November of 2021. Fans are speculating that the two are officially back together after a video of them kissing at Coachella went viral on the internet. On Tuesday, Grammy Award-winning artist SZA announced that she will be adding a second leg of her SOS tour. This addition came after the extremely high ticket demand for the first leg. The tour starts in Amsterdam on June 1st and ends in Phoenix, Arizona on October 29th. The second leg will also include the makeup show in Philadelphia after the original show on March 2nd had to be postponed. Carol Danvers, Monica Rambeau, Kamala Khan, and Nick Fury are back. On Tuesday, a teaser trailer for the upcoming movie The Marvels was debuted. The teaser features a hint at the powers of your favorite intergalactic heroes being mysteriously intertwined. The movie is set to release on November 10th, 2023, and will be included in Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In sports, the NBA playoffs are currently underway. Round 1 is happening now, with matchups in the Eastern Conference like the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the New York Knicks, and in the Western Conference such as the Sacramento Kings versus the Golden State Warriors. The Milwaukee Bucks currently hold the number one spot with 58 wins. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Jessica Watts. A look at the weather for tonight. 
Winter weather is back with a high of 40 degrees today. It will be high 30s and windy for the rest of the night, but will turn into sunny skies and low 50s tomorrow morning. Taking a look into the headlines. Donovan Cusick and Molly Whalen won the ASG presidential election. The duo ran uncontested and hit a record low turnout rate of 2%. Election Commissioner Enzo Banal theorized that the low turnout was due to the lack of contestation and changes made to the operations of the Division of Student Affairs. Unlike in past years, the division did not send emails to students reminding them to vote. Hundreds of teenagers flooded the streets of downtown Chicago Saturday night. It is reported that the teens smashed several car windows in an attempt to get into Millennium Park, which is closed to all persons under the age of 21 unless accompanied by an adult. The destruction caused a massive police response, including shots fired, leaving two teens wounded. According to Chicago police, nine adults and six juveniles were arrested. Ralph Yarrell, a black 16-year-old from Kansas City, Missouri, was shot Thursday evening after accidentally knocking on the wrong door. Meaning to pick up his younger brothers from a friend's house, he knocked on a neighbor's door instead and was shot twice by the white male who opened the door. The assailant has not been charged. A disagreement between two top Sudanese generals culminated in large-scale gunfire on Saturday. Fighting broke out in the nation's capital, forcing civilians to shelter indoors. The altercation continues days later as the paramilitary group known as, quote, Rapid Support Forces rivals the Sudanese army. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other WNUR news stories on our website, WNUR.news. That's WNUR.news. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer today is Emily Stoll, and our reporters are Amelia Donhauser, John Ferrara, and Mariah Petway. From all of us here at WNUR News, thanks for listening. I'm Jessica Watts. Catch our next newscast on Wednesday, April 19th at 6 p.m. Now, back to scheduled programming.